Welcome to the Self-Helpful Podcast. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is the podcast people tune into for in-depth discussions on the latest research from our foremost leaders in self-improvement, so you can be growing and more equipped to live at your fullest capacity in body, mind, and soul. When you don't really like your job or a person you're in relationship with, the negative thoughts unconsciously affect your actions and behaviors and you end up sabotaging things and you make everything worse. Well, friends, this is a primary culprit in your efforts to be fit and well and healthy. This is my functional Friday episode where we focus on our health and wellness so we have the physical and mental capacity to help ourselves and others. I want you to think about these words, food, dieting, exercise. I mean, when you read or hear those words, what feelings arise? Excitement or dread? Pride or shame? Guilt? We find so many people desiring to improve their health, get fit, lose weight. But there are so often negative feelings about these very things that sabotage their efforts. This show is about becoming aware, getting these issues on the table, so to speak, not to eradicate them necessarily, As you're going to hear in the show, often these feelings have roots back in our childhood, our young adulthood, maybe even recently, but they run deep. And maybe you can truly overcome and erase them and get a really positive attitude about these issues. But we believe more immediate overcoming can be had by just figuring out how to manage the negative feelings, finding the negative feelings, and then how to manage them and move beyond them, even as they may still exist. You're still working through them. Thus, awareness and management is our primary objective. As functional medicine is a root issue methodology, this topic is foundational to your journey to health, wellness, and fitness. I'm joined by my Functional Friday co-host, Randy James, medical doctor, functional medicine expert, and my dear friend. If you find value from this self-helpful podcast, you know I would love to get your review. It helps other people know what to expect. It helps us know how you're enjoying the show. Best thing we could have you do is have you talk about what you've heard here with the people you care about. Keep the conversation going. You can always find me, connect with me at my website or social media at kevinmiller.co. All right, next up, Dr. James and I discuss our propensity, all of us, to have negative feelings around our efforts for health and wellness and fitness that sabotage all that we do and how to better manage this so we get and sustain the results we want. So I want to take your firsthand experience with this topic of emotions. You have a patient who has a need. Obviously, it's gotten to a point to where they're calling you for help. They're paying out of pocket. Insurance doesn't cover it. They're paying a good amount. They're coming in for help. So they obviously have a strong desire slash probably just pain. Uh, so that's the, <laughs> we already have a negative emotion, I guess, probably, probably to that with most people, they're dealing with something, but they come in here, they lay it out. And let's just say that it's just one of those great patients for you. They lay it out. You go, man, I, I got, I got this, you know, you do the, right. do the test, you do everything, but you hone in and go, okay, I feel like I've got the steps that you can take to start helping your health. Okay. Inside of that gap, though, if here's where they are and you're saying, okay, here's where you could be and here's what to do is how they, them, they're going to walk outside and it's, I don't know if it's a fair question to ask, but I mean, 
to what extent do their emotions play oh, wow. in yeah. the propensity for them to achieve what you see they could achieve? That's huge. Right. That's, 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 that's one of those all-inclusive questions, right? Like it's a, it's a crux point. It's a tipping point. Even this morning in our, in our guys meeting, uh, and Todd said, you know, you can talk, but until you do the thing, you, until you jump in the really icy cold water, you only imagine icy cold water. And so for a lot of people, whatever the goal is, the vision out there, yes, it's going to cost time and effort and money and energy. And one of the things that I've added on to the front side of that is vulnerability, mm. bringing in just people open themselves up to, to admit I'm not where I want to be and I want to be over there and I feel a little bit bad or I feel something about where I am and I think I would feel better about being over there how much does that play into that's what you're asking to actually eat this and not that do this exercise or that one to you know work hard on your marriage or to not and stay in the same rut I would say it's almost everything I, I, was, I was tempted <laughs> to say that as well I mean it, yeah that that's okay let's just shut the show okay, down there right. you go <laughs> well so the point ultimately that is if there's nothing more that you guys listening walk away with is to say in that gap between here's where you are even if we can come out with the the what you want to do or you know the, the why and the what you want to do is you know how are you going to how are you going to walk this out and it's you and, you're, you're your own work. and think and more than think it's how are you going to emote yeah how are you going to feel like it, it it's such a hard word it's such a hard word but I've, I've got two examples that, that, are, that are jumping into mine on the clinical one, and one happened today because in the clinic world, we're shifting our language to emphasize that, that the only person who has a feeling about your own personal choice is you, that in that sort of molecular moment when your brain clicks over to say, click, I'm going to go get a drink of water or, or whatever, there's, there's, there's got to be a line. Yeah. And so John this morning said, hey, how about I come in as a test patient and do, you know, sort of this new way we want to do things. And I hesitated there a little bit because if he were to do that, it's very clear that he's not doing it as a real patient who has forked over effort, energy, money. and Which is part of the emotion. That, yeah. that's it. That was a, so we chewed uh, on that this morning yeah. to say it's pointless for you to do it because you're not doing it like for real because you're not emoting like oh my gosh I paid money I paid time I I don't want to disappoint the doctor I want to I want to be there with the coach I want to that all of that is part of it so it's very hard to actually be sort of a test patient precisely because of the critical importance of that line that decision point that that ownership of my own feelings so I'm going to I'm going to pick on, that sounds bad. I'm going to, as a muse though, just because I think it's more relevant, I'm going to, I'm going to take a woman, a middle-aged woman. That's what my wife is. So I get to audit her. And when we look at emotions. You don't want to audit you? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, but when we, I, to be honest, I mean, I think when we look at emotions, negative emotions around uh, health and wellness, and I'm going to, you know, specifically looking at food, dieting, exercise, whatever, uh, there's more weight on women. 
I mean, they're just culturally. I think that's my, fair. Yeah. My wife has said that. I mean, there is for them to look a certain way and, sure. uh, and whatever. So I think maybe they've got it worse. And, well, and we can also say they feel the weight. And they, yeah, yeah, they feel it more. Yeah, I, I am. So, so to take that, so to take you, you having a patient who already uh, is at a certain place of, Unwellness, or just not where they want to be. Right. You know, okay. weight gain or whatever it could be. They're not there, so there's some negative there. Come in here, you help them, and you theoretically can can see it well and and say, okay, here's map out a plan. Here's what we do. And yet she's sitting inside there. Let's say she's 40 years old, and she has thoughts and feelings about food, dieting, and exercise that may go back to four years old or 10 years old or, or whatever that. Or just four days ago, or just four, or just four it, days it, ago, yeah. yeah. But my, I, and again, I'll use my wife, and she's been open about this, so I can say this: that she, uh, real early on, was in dance. She took ballet mm, as a kid yeah. and went in, and real quick there was body shaming from the yeah. get go. So she wow. did dance in school, they, in Texas big dance teams, and then she's doing it outside. Ended up, you know, professional ballet and whatever. And there's shaming, bulimia, anorexia. I mean, the whole deal. So right. my gosh, the emotions she has around that to now to give her. As a, as a, well, now she's a 50-year-old woman to come in and say, okay, here, I want to do that. But she's got significant emotions of guilt and shame and regret and condemnation, whatever, that are mixed up in there and likely are going, factually, are going to hinder the process if she doesn't get those out. And you and I talked about this beforehand with, I don't really have many negative emotions about uh, my health and wellness, food, diet, and exercise, but I have other areas like finance. Yeah, I'm there. I've got guilt and shame and all those things in finance that I'm going to get out on the table to manage. And I'm big on that to, you know, not to eradicate, you know, like that overcome them. Does that mean eradicate? I don't think I'll ever get rid of them, but I can figure out how to manage them. And I do that by way of making myself have meetings with my wife, talk about our finances, uh, look at the bank account, keep track of that, uh, but more so pay a bookkeeper, a CPA, people to delegate the things that I don't like, don't, I'm not good at, but either way to make sure that the outcome happens. So here we are here. So folks are listening to this and think, man, I've got these negative feelings about food, dieting, exercise. The point is how can you manage them in order to get the results you want? Because you may not get rid. I don't know if my wife will ever get rid of some of those feelings, but she figures out how to manage them, which for her is she joins a gym with people she likes. It's a friend group. She has fun. She's accountable for it. She likes the fact that she's paying for it because it makes her feel bad if she doesn't use it. And she has all these things to manage her dysfunction. Yeah, we kind of talked about that. Well, several times with with even a Hardy that we mentioned last time that you set up your environment. Mm-hmm. And so the wise person is going to recognize, I have X, Y feeling about that. And therefore, in order to get to this place that I want, I'm, I, so you put in time, effort to call the guy, money, vulnerability, because you're your bookkeeper sees your dirty laundry totally. there. And I could keep it all to myself, let nobody see, but now I've got a whole team well, and, of people. And they could steal from you, right? So there's... Yeah. there's you, I would you, not know, <laughs> unfortunately. So you would be the one guy to don't do that. Don't let them yeah, don't, the don't tell anybody. <laughs> um, but that... So there's real vulnerability there. Yeah. And... and But we, we, we're out there in the world and we trust the economy and we trust people and, and that's the way it should be, right? That's That's what... We talk about all the time that, that Ziegler said of, 
you know, you can have everything you want. You help other people. people That's right. So, so in that, that's how you do that financially. And for your wife and Terry, she's put these pieces in place and, and then is now addressing them. I, I, I almost have too many patients floating through my head about the feelings associated with any number of things. Just the other day, we talked about Steve that we've also talked about on the show who was going to do a fasting. And do you remember what he said on day two? I'm terrified. Well, so he made it through day one. Oh, okay. And he had done that in the past before, but he made it all the way through day one, water-only fasting. And then and my, my instruction to him was wake up on day two and make a decision. Look forward at the day and say, oh, I, I, you're going to have the idea. I can do this. I can mentally choose to do that, but you're going to feel something. You're going to have whatever we say, a gut sense, a, uh, an awareness and he said, so he had told me, you know, I, I only did one day. And I pried in there and said, on the morning of day two, as you look throughout the day, what did you feel? And his answer was terror. Yeah, okay. And then it, and I don't like fasting. You don't like fasting. I never felt terror, hmm. right? There was nothing, it was more. A little, it was like irritation. irritation. Man, I'd rather yeah. just feed my taste yeah. buds. I know I don't need it. I'm not authentic. Dramatic hungry. inconvenience was, was what I thought. It was not fun. <laughs> it was not fun. I, mean, I had nothing to look forward to. It ruined the day. All those kind of things. It's, which is terrible. Which but, is terrible, but not terrifying. Right, true. Um, another patient, and, and we talked about this, and she does have what you're talking about, lots of weird parental emotional baggage food was used as reward and punishment uh wrongly in this family yeah and so here she is 50 years later she's done it all she really 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 has in terms of this diet that diet and so i i i you know we gently asked down that pathway and and now i know to ask her do you want to do anything and she'll say i just don't want to go there huh i'm i'm just going to maintain be okay with that because it hurts too Which, much. But even that, I love that. At least that's awareness. It's, it's be- a, she's yeah. It's better than going okay, grip my teeth, willpower, that kind of thing, walking out and then failing and feeling more guilty about it because you're not aware of this stuff that's handicapping you, right? Derailing you, yeah. right? You're not aware of the. Th- that's right. And so she has been through that prickly thorny patch enough to say, you know what, I've stubbed my toe there enough. I'm just not going to do that today. And so I'll ask, well, what about this way? What about, what about, what about, what about? There's all kinds of ways. And she'll say, you know what? That is emotionally damaging enough that for this cycle, and we usually go two, three months, I'm going to choose now, but she's choosing to maintain, right? Okay. It's, yeah. it's a yeah. choice. It's Aware- not a, awareness and choice. It's not a give up. That's great. It's, she's choosing her pathway forward. That's way different than throwing the towel. God just wants me to be this way. The volatile I, I no ups control. and, and that's, that's where my wife is, has gotten to where she'll know and she'll say, okay, I, I want to do X. I want to achieve, you know, lose some weight, gain some fitness, do whatever. She'll, she'll do it and she'll go along and then realize uh, she's really aware, sensitive, like mm-hmm, we talked about, mm-hmm. sensitive, and say, okay, I've been going to class and doing this, but it's, I'm getting to that point where it's starting to become an idol and a prison. I may need to take a few days off. Mm-hmm. Uh, brilliant. As opposed to letting it become, letting it become the addiction, the worshiping the mirror. Yeah, of, yeah. It, now you you mentioned something with the last patient though that I want to pull out was the emotions we may have attached to our upbringing, even from our parents. I think it's a great way for everybody to audit a little bit of their feelings. Is just to go back and go, what did I grow up with? What was 
food, dieting, exercise, how was it treated in my home? Was it just totally absent, just a free for all and no guidance whatsoever? Was it used? I think you mentioned control. I think a lot of people use control and definitely rewards. As you know, we've got our youngest uh, adopted and with her severe food uh, uh, issues, we were counseled to not ever use food as punishment uh, punitive or reward, or reward yeah. which is hard because it's a thing that she likes most. It's the easiest way to get her to, Hey honey, clean your room or you, you don't get a snack or whatever. Holy smoke. She'll do it. But they're saying that that is it's damaging in a warp her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I look, I was thinking about just my other kids, my biological kids and thinking, uh, we never, I don't think we ever used it as control. I feel, I feel good. I probably have to ask them for sure, but we totally did for reward. My gosh, mm-hmm. I still do. I mean, as a country with, we celebrate with food. food. I don't think it's all bad. It just is in relation to how it manifests for you individually, I guess. You know, and, and here, and I, I think we're tracking. I don't want to get us off in, in, in the wrong rabbit hole. But I, I want to say something here very carefully, that there is definitely people that are now in their elder or adult years, you know, let's say above 15, that let's say above 20, that you're out of the house and there is some kind of baggage and scar that if your parents did um, raise you with with reward or, or food or or even uh, and and I think that was part of Terry's story about you know you're even in her home it was like well you you're too big or too overweight or, or something like that and th- that does do something it absolutely does yeah. but then the question and it's a I don't want to say it's a hot topic uh, it's a highly debated topic in the medical field today is okay now you're fifty. What does what happened at fifteen? How much does that bear on what's going on with your fifty at your fifty? Now and, and and so I want to be careful here because there are people in the diehard world of what happened then is formative pattern situations. It sets up and it equals who you are over here. And I I don't want to be in that camp to be honest with you because then you're nearly predestined. It's a self fulfilling prophecy. It's like you can't get out of that. But that's what you and I are talking about is recognizing how do you get out of it. Well, so the encouraging point there is that the on the other debate here, because a lot of counselors, that's their bread and butter. Let's go back. Let's talk about what, you know, me and mom and dad did. And then let's come forward and refocus or reframe or, 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 or whatever. And I'm not saying that's wrong. But there's a, <laughs> there's a debatable construct on the other side of that that says, when you subject memory mm-hmm. to rigorous studies, the fact is we don't remember very well. Mm-hmm. And what you think you remember is now got decades of layering. And you either, and so part of the baggage is by definition what you have put right. in the bag. Right, so that, that's right, what right, I want right. people to understand is this is. It's very hard for people to internalize down a wise front because we live in a culture that says most of my problems are kind of halfway not my fault. Or I'd really like them to not be my fault, at least not totally. Right. So just be careful. And at the same time, we don't want to go to somebody who is victimized and say, oh, that doesn't matter. Just, you know, be happy and, you know, change and reframe and refocus. Sure, sure. So we're back to a bothness here. But 
So I think what for, for people to learn is to reckon, for most people out there who weren't in the extremes of narcissism, like nothing is my fault, and aren't in the string, extremes of, of whatever the opposite of that is, that everything is my fault and, and everything is wrong for me. So in the middle, which is where most of us are, is to recognize, of course, things happen back there that, that are impacting what's going on today, but also understand when we apply rigorous And we've talked also about we don't want to be chained by a randomized controlled trial either. But we do not remember well, especially what happened a while ago. Okay, well, what you said, maybe you brought it to me because this is knowledge that I didn't perceive really until the past couple months. So if it wasn't you, it was somebody, you know, guest I had on a show or something of saying, yeah, how we look back at the past changes. So if you had a great 10 years and you're healthy, wealthy and whatever, you look back, go, ah, it wasn't so bad. bad. happened that you had 11th year back. Yeah. You totally remember differently. Yeah. It was me. I, cause was there's it? a book. In the, in the book that I'm referencing is... That your past is, is... Mistakes were made, but not by me. Okay. So your past is viewed by your present. That, that, that's right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So that's so, so, so complex. Well, but, but let's just... <laughs> but so for awareness, to put it out there to go, whatever you're... You know, so if you're 50 years old, it's probably skewed. But I do want to go back just to the overall okay. thing that are you... So whatever happened back here... Sure. Does it affect you? And are you, you know, imprisoned? You are, you are at fifty, and I would say if you have zero awareness, if it's something, especially if something negative happened, sure. If there was some negative that you have been walking out and you're never aware of it, then I'd say absolutely. And that's the point of. Uh, what do you, hang on. What do you mean by negative? Well, because my gosh, if somebody just had perfect, and nobody did, but imagine if they had perfect upbringing and um, attitudes and health towards their physical body, their eating, their dieting or whatever, I'd say, okay, there probably isn't any big problems to deal with or baggage to deal with. But if you did have like, you know, like my wife, if you had, you know, body shaming and, uh, uh, control and all these things happen. And if she was never aware of it and now at 50, she's still a victim to those things. I'd say, let's just be aware. Maybe it doesn't take rigorous, but to go back and go, Oh gosh, yeah. X, Y, Z happened. She's done that to go back. That happened. It makes sense. And she has had a ton of recovery but either way she can put it out here on the table now and be aware that okay as i decide I, yeah, i'd like to lose 10 pounds i got to deal with that so real quick now i got to watch out am i getting addicted to my classes and feeling imprisoned and it's a vice uh or you know, or an addiction same thing to you know food am i because she can go fasting man she can do it but real quick it becomes like a, a prison thing that you don't so it's not a big deal for you you know it's not an emotional hook uh in that's you. right and it, it, it actually is for a lot of people. In fact, this one of the patient I mentioned, if I, when I mentioned fasting, she's like, yeah, that's a huge trigger for me. It will trigger a PTSD-like response. And again, I want to be careful because other people will make a, they will get, they will idolize and become imprisoned by their current perception of their bad past. Oh, well, okay. Let me take it to my, my daughter. And if there is, we've only seen it a couple times because we have her in a healthy environment, but see if there's the thought of a, a, a lack of food or a, um, I don't know, a deficit or it's, it's not going to be there. It's almost a panicked look. 
And we're not even totally sure what happened in the first four years. We're to understand that there was neglect. So was there, by the time we got to her, she had an overabundance of food. And maybe that was, you know, people taking care of her, trying to compensate that she went for a long time without having food at certain times. So now they always had it. So it was, I mean, literally in her hands, we talked about that. It was a a bottle of chocolate milk and a, a saltines cracker pack that she had at all times, even at night. It was in her bed with her. Wow. I mean, talk about wreckage. So what yeah. to do with her with fasting? I <laughs> I have no idea. We'll cross that at some point. But I'm going to put her in the extreme category. We'll put her in the extreme. <laughs> but for all of us, again, just to be awareness, to go back, what did I grow up with? Did my did my dad, I have to watch this. Did my dad make me exercise? Did my dad control my amounts of food? Was I force-fed because dad, it was a comfort, and that's how he loved okay. me was food, and so he was Pushing food on. Okay, so I have a question for you now because we're essentially same age. We've got kids very close in age uh, that are now in you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and a big topic in our house is they want or my son wants out from under this more perceived rigid food environment. I I just gave him permission to go walk to Taco Bell for drinks, Dad. He said, and I'm like, ah, whatever. We were just at my family's. Well, but explain that for I mean, I, I would assume people know, but so, I mean, generally for us, we don't, or for, but you and I, I mean, we're generally gluten free, you know, organic stuff. We don't have junk around the house. We don't do fast food. I mean, that's just. Don't not, do fast food. Yeah. Do you guys do dairy at all? Yeah. We'll do oh. cheese twice a week and ice cream on the weekends. Okay. But not the, obviously, neither of us, the average American home, there's no processed food. There's no. no uh, well, that that mainly it's it's whole foods and lots of veggies. Uh, well, and that's what he. So we would call that normal, right? And you and I would argue that should be normal. And my fourteen year old, it's not cult, yeah. culturally, it's not. So he's hanging out with his friends. It's not cool to you know walk around with broccoli, I guess. And <laughs> isn't that cool? No, it's not <laughs> a hot pocket. That's cool. So we were in Kansas last week, and I have been banging my head against the wall because I can't remember what I ate when I was 14. And so you're, t- you're telling me to go look back. And I'm like, I've tried really hard. Yeah. And my mom can't remember. She's like, well, we ate. You know, I, we do. Ate I, I, I do. I do. You do? I liked food. <laughs> I did too. I, I, no, I but really on an like average Monday, you come home from school or whatever, you remember what you would have on Essentially, the Bre- days of the bread, week. Roman meal, sandwiches. There was always sliced ham. Mom would get the thing and they'd slice it at the for dinner. Oh, this, uh, this anytime, man. I was eating all the time. <laughs> I was a big boy. And uh, cheese and milk. Did she love you with food? Was that one of the probably? Yeah, 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 probably so. Milk was all, I mean, all the big. Well, right, that's socks. good for you. So you always get that was a body good. Yeah, yeah, American mm-hmm. Dairy Council, uh, Pepsi. Uh, we had that was constant and always a big thing of ice cream and I was I was not limited at all I don't think I don't think it was pushed on but I was not limited at all and that was the joke you know at dinner table or at any time sit down and go any does anybody want more corn no Kevin you can have the rest so that was the <laughs> joke it, you know kind of tongue-in-cheek and stuff but it, so I was I ate I had I had guilt because I was I was I was chubby and so I had guilt at night with my bowl of ice cream with peanut butter mixed into it Knowing that I was, I had some issues with feeling chubby, but I mean, anyways, <laughs> there you go. I, I, Psych, I, psychiatric I, moment. Is it 
Yeah. It explains a lot about you. (laughs) Well, my kids have asked about it too, because it's on topic of food. They said, you know, what did you, you know, what, what did you guys eat? And I said, we had, I had cereal, I had lucky charms. Life cereal was healthy. Yeah. Uh, Grape nuts was healthy. Yeah. But I wanted Captain Crunch and we had that too. Fruit Loops, Alphabets. And that went all the way through college. I do remember breakfast. And in fact, I remember being angry or uh, frustrated, maybe even like your daughter, like there's no milk. Oh, this, yeah. is, this is a tragedy. crisis. Yeah, it's a crisis. And uh, lunch was peanut butter sandwich and a cookies, chips. And it, I don't think it was a Coke, but it was a juice box. Not and, much. Back to, I don't know what episode it was where we did uh, what foods are going to give you life, when foods are going to take you away. I don't, I don't know. And uh, yeah, I had a lot of food that was not life giving. Uh, you know, just home cooked meals, and it was. You know, beans and broccoli and pasta and meat. Uh, I think we're on the same page. I'm now remembering I had open lunch in high school and we went and it was fast food every day because we could drive to it. And then at dinner. I didn't do that because I couldn't afford it. I, I always, I mean, lunch was provided at school. So I had that. So you had the school lunch yeah. and we went out every day for I had school lunch, and all the girls would give me their leftovers. That was kind of the common thing, too. <laughs> uh, you going to eat that? No, okay. Uh, yeah, you can have You can have Well, yeah, so, uh, I, I mean, I'm, so I'm open I, with that I'm with my kids. I'm still working on my feelings about that I, and trying to share it with my kids. That's and so, yeah, my kids don't. But, but if you're talking about yours, yeah, I mean, fighting the, the fight of, yeah, middle school boy or high school now, uh, boys, and they want to eat what tastes good. Uh, I mean, they would rather he would they would rather have that a sandwich. Yeah, when I say you know, because you're a smart kid, you're an athletic kid, you know that broccoli is going to be better for it. Why don't you, why won't you just choose to eat a little bit more? Because I don't like it. That was yeah. the answer. Well, that's I mean, my gosh, maybe I think kids in general you get that high school and they're led by they're almost kind of a, a, a up as we talk about we're all led by our appetites. I Man, that's a that's a big one. And we know that with uh, college, the freshman forty, yeah. you know, going and going nuts with food, and I've had kids who have done that. You know, a little bit, but you know, this is the, so it's awareness. Everybody listening to this, we probably have mostly everybody over the age of 20. They're now adults. They're buying their own food. They're cooking their own food and they're looking and going, man, I want to feel better. I want to look better, uh, possibly, you know, possibly. And what are the, what is the past programming? What are the feelings? And, and ultimately that's even, so even if we can't go back, back to your thing, if we don't remember, right. Okay. Right. What if you can't, what if you have, you have amnesia right. uh, after, before yesterday, right now feelings for change. Yeah. Now? Right yeah. now, if we talk about food, the food you're going to eat, what is good food? What's not good. If it's, you're looking and going, okay, I, I would be best served to eat this good, this type of good food, more veggie. How do you feel about that? Does that make you feel, oh, that's good. Or is that, is that angering? Is it yeah. feel limiting? Does it feel frustrating? Maybe you don't know where that came from, but what do you feel? Mm. Same thing with, you know, with dieting, which I think most people, except for Dr. Randy James have <laughs> had some point of going, ah, I wish I could lose a little weight or, you know, I'd, I'd like to lose some. How do you feel about that? Is it not a big deal? Just like cutting back on finances to save a little bit. It's not a big deal. Or, or is it right. and some people that would be terror to take away the spending to not be able to make the daily Amazon order. And then, Exercise has got to be, I mean, exercise, you know, along with just, uh, food is probably about equal. What do you feel about that? And what did you experience? My gosh, if you, if you were in a sedentary home that exercise didn't exist wasn't there, right? or if you had, I'll never forget a friend of mine and she was going to, they were visiting, she was going to run and she said, yeah, I just had a running family. That's what we did. 
I went, dude, that is cool. I want to do that, uh, have that. And she was good. So what was the, yeah, what was the uh, experience? Kind of the culture. And, and, the, then, the and then regardless today, what do you feel about the need to move your body, exercise your lungs, resi- you know, have some muscle resistance? Is that, oh, and I, because t- I told you, so on the Ziegler show, I so often with my guests have the, go through their habits. What are your mm-hmm, daily, mm-hmm. you know, daily and consistent habits? And I have had, uh, I, I don't think I've had any of them that when we hit the topic of exercise, they said, nah, I don't do anything. I don't, I don't recall. Um, I'm pretty sure that there's never been one because they understand the value to do what they do to have high output, uh, quality output. They realize that, but I've had definitely had many of them that said, I do not like exercise. I had a few of them say, I hate exercise. I've been doing it for five years consistently now and I still hate it. And that's why I spend the money. I, I told you that a couple of them said, I have a trainer come to my house, knock on my door that I may have to get out of bed to meet. And it's the only right. way that I'll do it. That would be like me with finances. If I don't have the bookkeeper contacting me saying, Kevin, this is what we did. Just so you know, it's all taken care of, or we, you've got to sign this, or we've got to get this piece of paper from you. It would never happen. And I have years and years. I mean, I always did the extension on my taxes and just wreckage until right. I paid to get it done. So what do you have to do? I told you my wife, she does, you know, the, the classes, she's got to have a class. feels like that. You and I don't. I just, I'm going to exercise during the day and at some point I'm going to do it and I don't need a bunch of motivation really. Right. I don't need any actually. Well, you, I mean you do, but well, you know, I have it's, it. It's, I have it, I guess. I don't need yeah, the, I don't have the motivation. Yeah, I have. You're right. You're right. I have. And that's if anybody, you're, again, we've all got our spots. I don't with right. finances. So, you know, actually, what do you feel about it? And man, if you've got a big negative feeling, how much harder is it for you to get up tomorrow and go, I got to go do it? So, getting it out on the table and figuring out how can you manage it? What can you do? I, I mean, you do because of your home life, um, you've made the treadmill a consistent thing. I, I hate the treadmill, but I used to, you used to, so, but, but you I, cha- I changed the environment. Yeah. Bye. I got very friendly with podcasts and, and books that I figured out how to do it and read at the same time. Yeah, you built a desk over I, your, I built a desk treadmill. over the thing yeah. and I, I'm kind of proud of that. So it, cool. it, um, it, and, and okay, that maybe that's a key word too. Like you also, it's not like, and I don't think either one of us are proud in a, in a negative, in a bad sense of braggadocious or something like that, but you feel good about yourself because at 50, you can hammer for a couple hours on a mountain bike and maintain 155 beats per minute and those kind of things. That's true. Yeah. It's part of my self image. It's part of your self image. Admittedly. And that's, you know, the treadmill thing I think is something like that. Um, and in fact, this summer, I haven't been on it this summer at all because I like outside and just, I, you know, a choice of where we live and, and just, I'm going to go walk around our, you know, acre and, you know, with a book. <laughs> so, you know, kind of weird. And I, I would never write a book and say, oh, here's how to lose 15 pounds as you walk around with a book in your head or yeah. in your hands. Uh, but that's a good, that I, I like books. I feel good about that. And it doesn't get me to the 155 beats per minute. But I'm choosing to say, you know what, I'm okay with that. Well, right well now. we're back. You know what? And I'm I'm rethinking something um, because we're back to saying, here's where we all are. If we right now, in regards to our health, wellness, food, diet, mm-hmm. if we all said, I'm good. Well, great. Okay. Yeah. You're, I would. You don't need me. You're good, and you and, and, and you're good with whatever. However, whatever you do to maintain your health, you're good. If you have any 
any desire. We're talking about what is hindering you from doing it one. And I would say also doing it with a level of peace because gritting our teeth and killing right. ourselves. And we got there, but it was an ulcer and we hated it. Cause you, you, you just said, if you have any desire and you're going to say performance enhancement to do something better and go down that pathway. And I was going to put in there or if you should. Okay. But, yeah. But then it's the balancing act again between we, with if we're wise people, we all have to recognize we're not as good as we could be. Yeah. And I like Tom Ziegler saying, you know, every year, what's what's the bad habit to drop and a new habit to put in? Yeah. Well, yeah. That so personal development. So where are you? Where you want to be? Well, but one thing I was going to say, if my wife heard this show. Uh, she, she wouldn't. Has mi- a long list for you. She, she would. You know what? Well, she wouldn't mind what I what I've divulged about her. But what she would say is, she would say, "Oh, Kevin, your all your stuff is not all healthy." No, uh, that's what I mean. She's got a long list. Yeah, yeah. Because she for would, you to work she on would, you. Because I, I I know what I want to do, where I want to be, and I'm doing that. But is it all perfect health? Because she has told me before. She says, "Dude, you have an eating disorder." You got your own little thing going on over here with your own eating disorder. Chef always does. The fixation on it, the the how you manage it, how I'll be militant about it. Uh, And even with exercise, she said that that you got some addiction there, I think. Why can't you feel good about yourself if you don't exercise? Okay, that's a fair question. It'd be like, you know, to the rich guy, you you can't feel good about yourself unless you have a million bucks in the bank? Is that how? Well, so we all got our stuff. You know, that's why I was... And we do. We all got our stuff. Yeah. So to some degree, though, she's irritated that my dysfunction helps me achieve what I want to. And I'm kind of good with it. I'm kind of at peace. Well, right. hang on a minute. We've, really? t- we've talked about this, too, because, you know, for me as an employer, I'm great if I hire a type A guy who wants to work 10 hours for eight hours of pay and not go home on time. And, you know, if I give him an extra thing to do, he does it. But I'm helping him i'm enabling his ill health ill health okay and that's where i'd say you we all have the you're right you are sort of lucky in that our culture in this cultural moment you get some strokes yeah right like wow kevin you can do that and that and that and you're still you know putting bread on the table and doing work meanwhile somebody who's stuck in an eight hour slash ten hour job the idea of getting to the gym or going on a mountain bike ride is is it's it's a hard thing to conceive, and therefore he feels, I, I you know it feels overwhelming. Sure, okay, yeah. From but from a, a emotionally leveling uh, aspect, how many guys have how many guys specifically who come in here who are multimillionaires that I feel horrifically I'm not showing in my bank account, dude, at all, and, and that that's easy for them. They're ha- I mean, making money. Right. I've known a lot. I know a lot of those thinking. guys. They can yep. do it without thinking. They're they're motivated by they it. They fart that stuff. Yeah, they fart that. <laughs> and I am not. I am not. My wife would much. She would be happy to take half of my half your motivation. Exercise, yeah, and let's put it over to finances. <laughs> Through the years, oh my gosh, there's plenty of times she say, "Man, just stay on the couch and make some money." Yeah, you talked about Taco Bell. I'll never forget the time she said, "Would you just go get a job at Taco Bell?" It's probably late twenties or something like that. But yeah, I, you know, this is I, I just and I know you do too. And I don't. I don't think we as a culture. Even if we take personal development, which that's what you're in as a doctor. I mean, it's, per, it's taking somebody who wants to progress over here and trying to help them as, as much as helping ourselves that we don't give enough validity to feelings. I talked to somebody today on a show that I did and my own journey into my forties was 
It doesn't matter. Literal, literal conscious thought doesn't matter what's happened in the past. Doesn't matter what happened to you in the past. All that matters is where you are today, where you want to go and what you need to do to get there. That's classic coaching as opposed to what you talked about counseling, where we're going to go back and dredge it up. I mean, I talked about it negatively, so I don't care. Where are you now? Where do you want to go? What's it take to get there? And then found out in my own life, why am I repeating these habits, these bad habits? Why am I sabotaging this? And I did go back and it, I don't know if I'd call it rigorous. It's interesting that you say that, but mildly at least, uh, went back to look at things and go, Oh, and got a little help and a little insight and go, Oh gosh, that makes sense. Now that I'm aware of that, let's put it over here and stop the bad cycle, hopefully. And that's where I, I don't think in personal development, we put enough on what, what do you feel about it? Mm-hmm. Okay. We got a plan. We can see what's happening. We've got a plan, but what do you feel about it? Let's get that on the table. Cause if you've got some really negative feelings of self-loathing or again, I, I, the big ones I think are going to be shame, guilt, um, condemnation, whatever it is, shame and guilt with health and wellness is probably really huge. Or, or like in my daughter's case, fear Mm -hmm. or or, gosh, my daughter, Steve, here's a educated, Um, affluent guy. And he has terror to think about not eating. mm -hmm. What's wrapped up in that? I have no idea. A lot. Right. And, and whatever it is wrapped up in is all, has got decades of wrapping mm-hmm. and you can dig too far down that hole and get stuck down there. Yeah. And, and there's a group of people that, that, that can't go and look back anymore because it just re-triggers. It just, uh, it just, they, they can't go back and like you went back and said, huh, I didn't know that there's awareness and now I can build my, my, my now self and future self in a better way based on that awareness. And some other people, they go back and they look at that and they're, and they're like, huh, and they're right there again. Yeah. And so in some cases, hmm. the, the, pa- the skeletons do need to stay in the closet if we say it that way. Now, whose skeletons need to come out and, and helps you now okay. in the future? Who needs to you know bar that door and never go there again? Kind of a thing that's that's so individualized. Um, but both people are out there, and that's that that balance. Well, maybe that we it's were talking still about. it's still talking about okay. Right now, when you look at health, wellness, but again, food, dieting, exercise, what you want. What even if you don't do the why? Yeah, it's just saying okay. What do I feel? What do I feel sure. now, now? Regardless, right? Even yeah. that in and of itself to go. Is, gosh, I don't know why, but man, when you talk about dieting, I feel I feel scared. Hmm. Okay, so whether you feel the need to unpack that or not, just to go, gosh, I, I do. How can I? How it's can I manage that? It getting it out on on your own internal mental table, so to yeah. speak. That because for me and my family and with my kids right now, I feel dramatic inconvenience. I just, and in fact, yeah. Marcy today made a statement because we were talking about, do we need this pot? In fact, I got it for you out in my car. <laughs> a pot. It's a it's a grill thing, oh. uh, and we don't need that. And she said, well, if the kids weren't here and whatever, and I'm like. We got ten more years of kids being here. They don't want to eat that way. I'm tired of. Uh, yeah. So the the this the is dramatic off, inconvenience. This is off tangent a little bit. I, 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 we're right right there. For some reason, we are feeling more tired and and being more lax than we have in a long time with with food. Well, I mean, not that we're just going and buying I, hot pockets. No, and no, stuff, no. But our version of lax is going to be a version of lax. And I am on my older son's version, but I got a younger son that needs to hammer. Like we need, we need some rigidity while he's in that age group. And I've said multiple times to the family, hey guys, are we ready for a two or three month, you know, really rigid kind of thing? And everybody is verbally ready. And I'm going to put this out on the table. How does that make you feel? Because it makes me feel dramatically 
put, inconvenience put out, you know, just burdened. It, it may be people being at home more. I am probably guilty of being more celebratory. We're home together. Everybody's there every night. I'm always happy to celebrate with food <laughs> that we're doing that. So then if we don't, it that's feels negative. Little, oh, really? That's we're right. just going to have. Okay, us too. And right. now here I am talking about getting more rigid. We've just been two, three months of weekend every night oh, yeah. mentality. And it's like, man, you mean we're not. And my younger one will say, he said it the other day, we're not watching a movie tonight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I we, was shamed by that. Well, <laughs> we, we have watched. Uh, and I think it's, you know, everybody's talking about it. We have. Yeah, we, totally. We, we now I, have Amazon, Netflix, and Disney Plus or whatever. And still, and I still complain there's nothing there's to watch. There's nothing to watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't well, I, I've got one more. I was yeah. noticing our time there too. Yeah. This week, she is retired. She is fifty pounds overweight. Has been for a while. We've been working on it. She verbally says, "I want to." You know, every time we talk about this, and Jane and I, are, are my nutrition coach, have talked about. It, said, "What do we do with this person?" Because for two, three years now, we say the same thing and the same thing and the same. She keeps paying the money. And, um, and so this last time the patient actually said, oh, and by the way, you know, some other consequences had happened, bad ones, like she needed a stent, a a cardiac event kind of a thing and, and not making any headway. She's got significant issues that are, that we can work on. Like here's the pathway. Um, she talks to Jane monthly. So this last time she even said, well, I don't know if I should continue with the program. And in my head, I'm thinking you haven't done any of the program and and i said okay you know because it's just i was stymied and i and i said what what are your goals and she said well you know i'd like to lose some weight and get off some medicines and reduce the amount of supplements i'm taking and i'm I'm like okay and then a few a few minutes went by and 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 we had talked about food and she then she said i i just really don't want to change and, it, and I just landed on that. So I, I said, are you, you are overweight. It, you're, are you satisfied? Are you okay with where say, you are she right must be, She must ultimately be okay. And ultimately it doesn't she hurt said, that well, much. yeah. Well, and I'm like, well, no, right. that's hard to motivate yourself you to do anything. Put waste and money and guilt, I, I guess. Yeah, I just, I, and, and so then we kind of said, well, here's the things that I would do based on these labs. That they're, they're, they're not good. And she, she's got her regular doctor and, you know, they work and bounce around on the numbers and stuff. But it, I mean, it was right there, the feeling of, do you want to make a decision to do these things? And I think she, she just does not want Well, there's to. the emotion of desire. And, and that's the one where I like looking at, we say, you know, here's where we want to go. Or we think we want to do, or we want to want that, as I talk that's a, a lot her, about. Her, her words are not right. Or yeah. I should, I should want that, but they don't really. But to say, okay, in one year, whatever the time, three right. months, in, in six months, in one year, are you ultimately, is it okay, acceptable if you are right where you are now? And if the answer is yes, well, you obviously don't have the motivation to change. Let it go. Get off wow. the guilt train or quit wasting money or whatever. You've, something's going to have to, there's going to be a catalyst. Because ultimately, that's right. That's where you and I are both into the motivation, that, that, that line of decision of put a time frame on it, put a time, effort, energy, money, vulnerability in there because otherwise. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of times that's, that's more, motiv- more motivating than the, you know, the avatar out here. You could be here. You could have, you could yeah. drive a fancy car and do, can be whatever. Superman is saying, but is 
that's not as motivating as saying, am I okay if nothing changes? I'm right where I am in whatever area, whether it's your know, finances or health and wellness in a year. And I would say health and wellness. Am I okay if I was right where I am a year from now? Eh, it wouldn't kill me. Finances. Man, I actually have some goals that I want there. Work progress, things that yeah, I want. Yeah. Uh, stuff, some experiences with my family. There's some things yeah. I'm not okay if they don't change in a year. That's good motivation. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, good. That, that's good motivation and it's good motivation down the all those fronts in order to be the kind of people that can do those things. We know, well, nutrition and exercise and sleep and all those things are important. So I'm motivated. I'm motivated. I hope that's helpful. So friends, awareness, that was the goal of this episode. And I hope this has you either aware of any negative feelings you have toward your health and wellness pursuit, or has you motivated to dig in and discern any, so you can get them on the table and progress past them. Thanks again, as always, for choosing to tune into this self-helpful podcast. If you got value, it'd be great if you would let us know and leave a review. Hopefully you will take what you've heard today, talk about it with someone else, keep the conversation going. So it really gets ingrained and entrenched in your mind and helps somebody else too. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself so that you can help others.